Welcome to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron. Good morning, folks. Uh, welcome to uh, T3. This is your host, Jose Negron, on the Variety Channel. Uh, hosting the Lead Technology Show, T3, today, tomorrow's technologies, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or noon East Coast Time. Uh, if you missed a show, uh, we are also on Wednesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays, uh, mornings and evenings. So check out the local listing at your voiceamerica.com, the variety channel, T3. As always, I'd like to start by thanking the audience for listening to T3. Uh, I am encouraged every week as I get the status report of who's listening, who's not listening, uh, uh, what countries internationally are listening to our program. So I'm very pleased with uh, the combination and the increase in number of our audience members. Uh, as always, if you want to participate in T3 show, please uh, call in 866 866- Four seven two five seven eight eight, or email at today's tomorrow's technologies. Our show today is technology and innovation. Uh, it's about I'm going to talk a little bit about golf, hurricane prediction, and of course internet security. Uh, those are the three common topics that are on the news today, uh, and and I want to talk a little bit about them and hopefully uh, uh, get to the. Uh, the right subject or the uh, point out some factors that I think everybody should know. As always, the purpose of the show is to bring our scientists and engineers and innovators that discussion to the non-techies and have a conversation. I think that's been the success of our show and I'd like to get into it. So let's uh, go and start our show today, Technology Innovation Today, Golf, Prediction and Security. Let's start off with golf. Uh, the reason I wanted to pick up golf is I'm not a golfer. Uh, I, I'm really a once-a-year golfer. My goal is to win one hole out of the 18 holes we play with my friends. And when I win that hole, I can always tell them to go back and start practicing every Saturday. And they practice two or three times a week. It frustrates them, but I kind of laugh it off as I walk off the field. Uh, but lately, I have gotten into golf. And what surprised me more than anything else is uh, the innovation that has occurred since I began uh, golf back in the uh, late to mid-70s to where we are today. And uh, the, when we talk about balls, uh, the golf balls out there, we talk about the clubs, we talked about the, um, the types of clubs uh, that are out there and all kinds of uh, innovation and technology improvement. I was surprised at the dollar amount that is invested in these uh, in this recreational activity golf. So I was participating uh, several weeks ago in a golf tournament. I was quite pleased uh, that our team uh, uh, won several prizes, so I'll, I'll do that. But let me give you some factoids, which I started researching. And uh, to me, uh, you know, golf, uh, if you follow the golf history, which I had not until recently, I started at uh, 100 BC. Uh, golf was tracked back to the Romans game. Uh, panica uh, is a bent stick to hit a stuffed leather ball. And that surprised me. Uh, in the uh, China, similar golf game, 
I cannot pronounce the, it's Chu Wan, played with several clubs, and the balls are being played uh, during the Song Dynasty. And then, of course, the 15th century, that's where modern golf got, got started in Scotland. Uh, so I was quite surprised the the uh, historical age of golf and 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 the activity that followed. We we keep talking about Andrews and the uh, golf game started in Andrews and and so forth and so on. But it was quite refreshing. The first known reference made of golf in the U.S. was in 1729. Uh, it was the governor of Massachusetts that uh, started a, a a golf course and of course. Of course, the Society of St. Andrews Golfers was formed in 1754, and then, of course, the Golf Association was in the U.S. in 1894. Uh, so I, I, I struggle as I began to read and understand uh, the history of golf and, more importantly, the technology that's related in golf. Uh, as I said, uh, there's various uh, clubs. For the non-golfers, uh, you, you know, you have your woods, uh, your one wood, two wood, three wood, and five wood. You also have your other uh, other uh, uh, clubs, your irons, and then you've gone into your pitching wedge, sand wedge, and other uh, clubs. Uh, what's important about golf technology and the history of its breakthrough is that uh, it just continues to build. You know the technology. Just if we just take a look at the golf balls, I, I'm surprised if you go to the U Channel and take a look at some of these players swinging either the woods or the irons or uh, a combination of uh, a specific club they bought, uh, such as a pitching or a sandwich. Uh, the flight of the ball. If you get good, you can even make the ball turn. Uh, you know, uh, slice it as they call it, uh, uh, and then also put a backspin to it as you approach the green. And so it's quite amazing to me. I did. The reason I start talking about golf is I I started practicing a little bit. Not that I got any better, but it was interesting that my shots improved a little bit, and I was quite uh, amazed, and I started to look at uh, the type of clubs I was carrying around and so forth. So, to me, golf today has evolved, and uh, we play it as a social setting. A lot of the business guys that I uh, uh, work with uh, use golf as a, a way to talk business, but away from the office where they can have a personal relationship. But the innovation and the technology improvements in each one of those areas, the woods, the clubs, the special tool, uh, club head uh, is quite interesting to me, and it's quite uh, um, fascinating. I won a, uh, not to be bragging here, but I did win the, uh, a pull cart. And, and if I just take a look at the pull carts, because uh, I'm usually a, a golf cart kind of dry golfer, uh, the pull cart, I mean, the technology in that pull cart, the way you assemble it uh, to expand the golf cart or the pull cart and then uh, um, shrink it so that you can put it in your uh, trunk of your car, the wheels, uh, the ability to um, um, uh, 
pull it was so uh, uh, interesting to me because of the technology used, bigger wheels, wider base, lighter materials, and so forth and so on. So golf has become a, uh, a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, people play. I've got people, you know, from the youngsters to uh, folks like myself, a little, a little older than most people. So it's, it's been quite interesting. Now, now, I don't know how many of you have played golf. It's a very frustrating game, but it is there. Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, uh, technology. The smart golf ball. Today, the way the golf ball is made, it even has GPS. It, it has high-performance GPS, and it has a self-charging battery inside the golf ball, which is quite interesting to me, so that you can track every time you hit the ball, it tracks how you hit the ball. Uh, there are apps that you can use. In fact, it was one of the uh, things that I used the other day at the golf course. We played at Andrews Air Force Base, and um, they didn't have a map of the usually you get a score sheet of the of golf course and uh, and the way the golf um course is laid out and that particular uh, golf course is uh detailed out as far as how many yards how many um uh, swings that it takes to uh, par or bogey or eagle and then uh, of course whether the the pin is to the right or left so that's quite interesting to me but these uh, the golf balls come in a variety of colors they have GPS trackers uh, they they're easy to use there's also some of the folks are using drones just to follow the golf balls you know, around and so here we are uh, the unmanned aerial vehicles uh, that have become so popular in the last three or four years are now hitting the links and helping uh, you know the um, the golfer along with the caddy uh, to understand where his golf ball went understand the flight and help his, improve his swing because it's all about the swing to me uh, more importantly and now let's talk about uh, practice uh, I we have a location here called top golf if you go to top golf it's pretty easy you get a bucket of balls uh, the bucket of balls of course have a a, a tracker inside of it uh, you it identifies you as the purchaser you hit the ball uh, to uh, several obstacles they have on on the uh, golf range and depending on where that golf ball hits, it, it, it tracks it. So it's. I find it kind of interesting the type of technology that is inserted in the golf ball to help you monitor uh, a distance, uh, whether you were able to hit the object and where you hit the object, and then the distance to that object and whether you were left or right of that object to give you information so that you can go back and improve your swing. So that is the innovation and the technology used. Now you go back to your club. Uh, what, what, what kind of club did you use? Uh, uh, you know, did you use a hybrid club? Did you use an iron club? What type of club did you end up using? And so all these uh, questions a golfer asks, and if you're a rookie, you usually take your five iron and you just do the best you can, or you take your one wood and you do the best you can. So I, I find it kind of interesting for all you golfers out there listening to the show. I'm sure it's more complex than that, but as a beginner, I'm just trying to start a very basic 
discussion on golf. Now, the uh, I use the uh, uh, the five, uh, uh, six, or seven as I warm up on the irons. Uh, most likely, the other day I used the six most of the time because of the distance to where I teed off and hit uh, the ball landed, uh, which was around a you know somewhere between 175, 125 feet from the green. And so now you've got to measure distance. And uh, and as you play and you continue playing, there's there's a lot of tricks to the game. Uh, you've got, uh, I've got a handheld kind of a GPS uh, distance measurement to the flag. Uh, it tells me the distance. Uh, it tells me uh, uh, how many uh, from distance of feet, yards, uh, suggestion of the club, and so forth and so on. So it's quite interesting the uh, the amount of technology that you can use. If you're using one of those uh, automatic tracking balls, uh, the ball will help you kind of uh, locate the ball a little bit. But as always, it's it's a little bit more expensive. And so we've got to continue uh, looking at that. All right. As I move from the golf balls, of course, uh, there are home private simulators. And if you go to a, uh, for example, Dick's Sporting Goods store, or you go to a golf pro shop, usually they have a a screen where you can just practice teeing off and they measure your, uh, your, uh, your swing. Uh, how accurate it was, you, the hips movement, uh, the distance of the ball, the flight of the ball, and uh, of course, uh, you end up giving an overall scores. The purpose of all this is to integrate and uh, these variables in order to improve your swing, improve your distance, and help you play golf a little bit better. So, I, if you, uh, for our listeners today, our uh, our show, of course, is technology and innovation today. Our first subject is golf. I've been uh, talking about the history of golf. Uh, how, yeah, you know, 10, uh, 100 BC by the Romans, uh, n- uh, 960 to 1279 at the uh, uh, Song Dynasty in China, and of course the 15th century in Scotland. Uh, when you look at that, uh, history of golf is quite interesting. I've been talking about uh, the technology innovations, technology in the in the golf clubs, woods, irons, and special uh, clubs, uh, pitching wedge, uh, sand. Uh, the wedge and other clubs. Uh, I, I remember the uh, big uh, Bertha uh, uh, in the Callaway. Uh, so those are big uh, one wood, uh, uh, large head so that the golfer can swing and hit a, a large uh, first shot or closer to the pin. We've also talked a little bit about the drones technology. I've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, going to Top Golf. And working there, and the ability of Top Golf to really measure the distance the, uh, of the of your uh, once you hit the ball, the distance of the ball, left or right angles of the ball, and all the activities are to, supposed to help you improve your swing. Of course, it starts off with a hand grip. And uh, my suggestion to all of you is just go to YouTube for for um, you know an hour or two uh, and take a look at a couple uh, of those. YouTube's how to how to how do I begin to use a golf club? How do I hold a golf club? And therefore, you you continue to get better. Uh, there's a lot of uh, 
fitness centers that help you get better uh, uh, in golf because if you uh, golf is about using your hips, using your uh, improving your strength so that you can hit the ball the furthest. Uh, and that's one thing I learned: your first shot is always the most important. And of course, your once you get on the green, uh, regulation tells you you should be on the green at least in two shots. Uh, most of us we end up uh, amateur golfers in three or four. So that's and then of course you get into the putting, and putting is a different world, and it's more than just putt putt golf. But uh, it's interesting to me as I watched and I participated in this golf tourney. There's lots of golf uh, tournaments out there. Uh, the public parks are out there. Golf public parks are out there. Uh, there's country clubs and so forth and so on. So um, I just want to encourage my listeners that uh, uh, you know you got the equipment manufacturers out there. They are advancing uh, the 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 technology. Uh, the, even the bags that you carry the golf uh, clubs are getting uh, better material, lighter material, and uh, a stronger material. Uh, you you know you have your your clubs. Uh, you have uh, feedback, 3D analysis feedback. You got systems that uh, provide uh, 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 feedback on the how the head as you're swinging provides that swing. So all these are real-time feedback mechanism to improve your game in golf. Um, once again, uh, we have improved our golf game. I've enjoyed the game. I'm improving as I go along, and I cannot wait uh, uh, to uh, get the, uh, I guess, the advanced balls, uh, uh, golf balls, uh, that will help me. And it's interesting, when you talk to players, you know, there's a, a different variety of golf balls. Uh, I guess I use a Tylus 1, and there's a Tylus 1X, and depending on how you hit them, they do different things. So, uh, the bottom line to this uh, program is that golf has been with us for a very long time. Uh, technology and innovation in golf and golf equipment continues to improve. It's a multi-million dollar industry and, and those people who go out there like myself as amateurs, golfers, have uh, I began to enjoy the game. I mean, But it does take practice like anything else. Baseball, basketball, football, uh, you need to continue to practice. So that's what I encourage Encourage everybody. I, I um, let's uh, go off to our first commercial break, and we'll be back for our second segment, and we'll talk about hurricane predictions. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Divorce or domestic family issues can take their toll not only on the adults who are party to it, but also to their children. Sometimes separation or divorce are far better solutions than staying around a toxic relationship. Now there's a show that listens and provides solutions. Listen for Reclaiming Your Life with host Don Christensen. In this program, we discuss family crisis issues which can happen to anyone. Divorce with dignity is possible, and working together can achieve wonderful results. Listen Tuesdays at 10 a.m. 
Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks. This is Jose Negron. Uh, today's show is Technology Innovation Today, Golf predictions and security uh the last hour we talked a little bit about uh golf uh golf equipment uh golf uh, technologies that are improving the golf balls uh even the material that is used in carrying the 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 bag or the golf clubs in the bag i should say this segment i'd like to spend a little time talking about the hurricane assessments and technology tools Uh, about three programs ago we had jerry rentis uh involved talking about the uh, hurricanes, how do we predict uh, the technology used. I'd like to cover that a little bit more today because of uh, Hurricane Michaels who hit Florida and, of course, Hurricane Florence. Uh, they're still feeling the after effect. And the just public damage, the damage to uh, the area that uh, – that is involved in it. And the question is, is the frequency increasing? Is the categories of each of the hurricanes increasing? As we saw with Hurricane Michaels coming into Florida, it was uh, it was formed very rapidly. It was predicted to be a Cat 3. It quickly evolved to a 4. And as it hit uh, uh, Mexico Beach there, it was almost a 5. So the question is, how did we miss that? Or how did can we get better prediction? Even though our prediction for the geographic location landfall is very, very good. Same thing happened in Florence uh, and that hit uh, North Carolina. Uh, it was uh, predicted at Category 4, and as it uh, went ashore, get, got closer to shore, North Carolina, it, it uh, wound down to a Category 1. However, the geolocation of the hurricane was very, very good. So from a prediction perspective, uh, understanding uh, the 
uh, I guess, landfall, uh, we've gotten very good at it. It's just that we need to improve our uh, prediction on the, the wind speed, and that's always moving variables uh, from your uh, temperature to your pressure to your wind velocities and direction and, and of course, the humidity in the air. And as everybody realizes and knows a little bit about our last show, a warm water is fuel to hurricanes and uh, my understanding the gulf there was about four degrees warmer than uh, usual and that's the reason you've got into the big uh, 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 big uh, increase in speed from three to four to five in hurricane um, um, michaels so let's talk a little bit about what uh, the weatherman, what we use to help us predict these uh, hurricanes, uh, how do we flight follows? Everybody, if you look at your local weather, they talk about the uh, you know expectation uh, uh, of where landfall will be, and they talk about the U.S. models, and they talked about the U- uh, European models, and of course, there's always. Uh, uh, a camaraderie uh, if you're using my models or you're not using my models. And there's a little bit of a competition where the U.S. Uh, models better than the Europeans, but I'll leave that at that. Let's talk about the tools we use uh, from NOAA, uh, from the Hurricane Center, uh, tools they use to track the hurricanes. We talked about that, and we talked about uh, how the hurricanes are predicted. Uh, the critical piece is, of course, our geostationary satellites uh, that uh, are orbiting Earth, our low, low Earth satellites, and, of course, our tropical rainfall satellites. So the satellites play a big part in hurricane uh, tracking, a discovery first, tracking, and then, of course, uh, flight following the hurricane. The other thing that we all know about is the, where are the airplanes, the hurricane hunters. And we talked about the uh, WC-130, 18 hours of flight, about 10,000 feet, a crew of five. We talked about the NOAA aircraft. The same thing. It's a P-3 Orion, uh, one of the old Navy birds, a crew of 10. And then, of course, we talked about the NASA aircraft in uh, DC-8. Uh, it's a high altitude uh, to go up to 40,000. So these are aircraft that helps us uh, uh, track, locate, and find uh, the, uh, the uh, pressure, the temperature, uh, the humidity of the atmosphere and helps us track that hurricane so that when it does make landfall, we we are better prepared. Prediction is really the critical piece, and of course, we do that. At the same time, there are buoys out there. Ship-based observation uh, is done. Uh, Weather buoys, uh, both on the sea and uh, just flight balloons. So radar provides us uh, an opportunity as the hurricane gets uh, closer. And of course, uh, we have our our weather balloons that we see all the time. So these are instruments and tools that the weatherman, uh, the, uh, the hurricane tracking uh, center uses uh, to help predict uh, and track the hurricanes. As I said earlier, uh, Hurricane Florence uh, was a big uh, windstorm, but rain, rain was the critical thing. Hurricane Michaels, it was just sheer uh, wind po- wind force, uh, close to reaching Category 3, over 155 miles an hour. And as many of us seen pictures of that, 
the destructive power of Mother Nature cannot be uh, under, uh, uh, let's say, we must always take care of Mother Nature because uh, the power is just tremendous. I, my guest here today is, uh, uh, of course, uh, Dick Ross. He's a former uh, Navy flight officer. I wanted him to discuss us uh, what he did or what he observed uh, from a Navy perspective. Uh, uh, myself being a former Air Force uh, officer, uh, anytime we had a hurricane in our path or coming towards us, the first thing we would do was clear the flight line. So that's that's a pretty easy job as far as moving airplanes away from uh, harm's way. However, there's a lot of batting down on hangars as, and as, as many of you know that fly, you go to the airport, those hangars are tremendously large. So any type of uh, wind velocity, you're sure to lose a, a wall or the rooftop of the hangar. So, Dick, welcome to the program. Tell me a little bit about uh, how the Navy or wh- what kind of experience have you experienced uh, as you prepared for bad weather? Well, uh, thank you, Jose, for uh, uh, for having me on this show. Um, actually, I haven't had any real firsthand work, but I've... <laughs> gotten out of the way of a lot of hurricanes, much like uh, the, the Air Force folks and all that. I'm being a flyer. Normally, if you are on a, a land installation, not the carrier or whatever, and there's a prediction that the hurricane's coming, you get your aircraft out of there and wish the best for all your maintenance people and the base that you just left for the upcoming hurricane. Out uh, When I was on the carriers, uh, what you would do often is send some of your aircraft ashore if you're close so that you could clear your main flight deck. Uh, You can't always get all the aircraft off the deck down into a safer hangar on a carrier when you get into bad weather. And uh, the carriers do stay at sea during bad weather. Matter of fact, the Navy ships, much like uh, uh, military aircraft and all that, they'll just leave the vicinity where the hurricane is expected uh, to hit shore. They'll get out away from the port because they're a lot safer weathering a storm at sea. We don't have quite that luxury as, uh, as civilians. What are some of the, uh, pre- being on a ship, I know when I was on the Mount Whitney uh, command ship here in the, in the Atlantic, uh, getting ready for uh, bad weather, uh, of course, just like anybody else, you want to stay away, for it, uh, away from the bad weather, the incoming bad weather. That's primary number one, but there's some unlucky fellow that ends up in the bad weather. So what are some of the preparatory tools or or steps that the, that you found you used or you've heard other the folks used from a Navy perspective. Because I always wondered, okay, send the ships out to sh- uh, the sea and uh, and let them get away from the storm and then bring them back in after the storm. Yeah, that's it. And at a simplistic rate, what each class of ship does, when they know they're going to go into heavy seas, they have certain procedures. They go uh, and batten down the hatches, if you will, in certain areas and set conditions so that uh, if they get a rogue wave or whatever, knowing that they're going to get into high seas and heavy winds, uh, they make sure that there's no gear or drift and things are very secure uh, on the various ships. For the carriers and some other ships, if they're out at sea, uh, and they're receiving the satellite information on hurricanes. Uh, as, as 
as well as the land-based sites are. But in addition, they will they have their own weather stations, and um, if it's to the their advantage, they will send up radio sons or the balloons, and they'll get more accurate information on the temperature, pressure, wind conditions in their location up through the atmosphere. So they can actually do in more precision predict which direction to go to stay out of the main force of the hurricane while they are at sea. Perfect. Well, let's uh, let's continue on. Uh, as I said, uh, Hurricane uh, Michael hitting the uh, Panhandle came up from the Southwest Caribbean. Uh, the National Hurricane Center uh, monitored the hurricane on the 2nd of October. The hurricane strengthened on the 8th of October, and it made landfall uh, pretty close to a Cat 5. It's currently about $4.5 billion worth of damage. The last hurricane to hit the Panhandle was in September uh, 2016 at Category 1, Hurricane Hermine. And so that's been about a 10-year span. Uh, the, the critical part of hurricanes is to be ready for them. And, and, and we heard, and, and most people do not comprehend the surge, the water surge that comes with, uh, with the hurricane. And we talked about uh, uh, Mexico Beach. Uh, the surge was anywhere between 10, and t- uh, 10 to 12 feet. And you saw the destructive power, just the water, the wind. Uh, once again, the Mother Nature's uh, force, brutal force, is uh, something not to play with. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, there are folks that stay behind. And, and if you're in a low-lying area, you need to get out. So that disaster relief will continue. FEMA is there. You have a lot of volunteers from the church sections are helping uh, uh, Americans. But what did they lose? They lost power. And without power, they lose communication. Without power, they lose uh, all the basic essentials as far as, uh, you know, the water, uh, electricity for food, uh, gas, power. Uh, uh, power uh, to so you need power and that's the critical thing we we saw the same thing reflected in hurricane maria in puerto rico there are still sections that do, still after a year do not have power power is critical and one of the things that uh, i'm sure that fema and the rest of the emergency management folks are going to be looking for is how do i bring up power when power is lost in huge grids how do i bring back communications to individuals as you heard reports and saw reports that some people because of power, they did not have any landlines. The cell tires were all gone because of the wind. How do I communicate with my loved ones or just the leadership, uh, the federal, state, and local government of uh, uh, trying to coordinate reliefs? So we have uh, about another 10 minutes on the show here. Uh, we've talked about uh, Hurricane uh, uh, Michaels. Uh, I'll just say a little bit about uh, Hurricane uh, Florence uh, because uh, it's been a devastating storm. Uh, it, it was tracked uh, September 1st, uh, Cabo Verde Island. Uh, it, it peaked at about Category 4, as I said, and then, of course, it hit landfall at uh, Wrightsville Beach in North Carolina. The critical thing about Florence was just a tremendous amount of water that it uh it, it, it just dumped in North Carolina and the low lines in the river floods and so forth and so on. So uh, Florence is, uh, is another hurricane we're recovering from. Uh, now we're after uh, hurricane recovery, and that is uh, FEMA, all the volunteer organizations uh, uh, that are out there, uh, the, the First Cross, 
uh, Red Cross. Uh, the churches are out there trying to help people and just the community. And one good thing about Americans, I mean, we're going to pull together and help our neighbors, and we always do. But it's a uh, it's a tragic loss uh, for most people. Uh, hurricanes. Uh, I will only say that you need to be prepared. And when you hear that, uh, take those advisory uh, very strong. We talked a little bit about with Jerry Rentis. What does it feel like to be in a hurricane? And it, and for those of us who've never been in a hurricane, uh, it's a lot of wind blowing. And uh, and I'm sure the folks that stayed behind uh, for both, uh, or at least for Michael's, because Michael's a category five, and that uh, water surge, uh, I don't think they would make that same choice. Uh, saw the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, individual uh, who climbed out the back uh, bedroom window, and he was fortunate. He had a boat. So him and his dog climbed in the boat and rode out the storm. But uh, if he had not had that boat back there, uh, he was in trouble because the water was rising. He was shocked. And uh, that convinced me about the uh, water surge that happens. We, we talk about it, but we can't uh, really understand what that really means. And so it's, it's quite interesting. Hurricane season, of course, goes through uh, November. Uh, and so uh, we've got another 30 days to go plus and uh just be aware of that i know uh in puerto rico when we did our show with jerry rentis uh they're trying to stay away from all the major hurricanes just because they're still trying to recover electricity power uh, in certain areas communication in certain areas and just get back to normal uh the normal repair it takes time as we're finding out with our with our u.s citizens here in north carolina and florida so as we talked about it let me quickly move to security. Uh, this is our uh, third topic. Uh, we we, we talked about last week smart homes uh, and the convenience that smart homes bring individuals. What we really need to understand is that we need to be secure when we start talking about smart homes and what are the things we need to do to ensure that the security of our Internet is is uh, is as tight as possible so that we avoid hackers. Hackers today just love to deal, uh, you know, deal you a blow and and come into your system and and control your system. So let me list off a couple, uh, ten best ways to improve uh, your your internet. Uh, and why is this important? Look at Facebook. Uh, I think uh, the count on Facebook was uh, you had over 30 million users that lost data. And the problem is identity theft. And so, and this is not the first time that it's happened to Facebook. So, uh, and, and that was a, you know, a large number one corporate company got hacked. And hackers love to, the challenge. They love to go in there and challenge you. So as we continue on, with that uh, a little bit. So let me list off some of the uh, 10 ways to protect ourselves against hackers. The first thing we talked about in our radio show, and we've had several of these, uh, go back to Voice America Variety Channel T3. Take a look on our smart, smart home segment. Take a look of our cybersecurity uh, podcast. And uh, they'll talk a little bit more about these uh, 10 ways. But we need to keep our OS uh, uh, our standard uh, system, our operating system, uh, updated. 
uh, if it's not automatically, then make sure it's done uh, and check frequently. Uh, it's critical uh, to keep our office suites updated uh, because there's always uh, folks trying to get into the uh, operating system, and the only way we can protect ourselves is to uh, update our operating system. The second way is, of course, download security programs. Don't forget about the security programs. These uh, include anti-malware software that we continue to improve uh, and remove all these malwares and uh, and provide a a firewall against uh, all the spyware, the randoms, the exploits that people try to do from a hacker's perspective. And also, there's uh, 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 tools and apps that helps us track uh, your personal information on hardware and consider the various apps. Uh, do, no, do not use open Wi-Fi. Always go back to secure Wi-Fi. I know I have a very um, uneasy feelings when I go to airports because they're all open and unprotected Wi-Fi. Then speaking of passwords, make sure that you protect all your devices with uh, the right passwords and, and hard-to-break passwords, and that's also important. And then you have to understand your systems. Uh, begin uh, to sense a pattern of what is expected. And so sensing a pattern uh, to create difficult passwords uh, uh, across multiple services and continue to monitor it so that uh, uh, you can uh, de- uh, def- defend your system and avoid hackers from coming in. The seventh way is just creative uh, security answers. Uh, uh, let's not have people uh, capture your personal identification and let's make Make sure that you answer these security questions uh, very carefully. One that I uh, that is difficult for me to uh, to uh, discuss is the pilching cam- campaign where people kind of goat you into uh, uh, answering an email so that they can track you and then they've got you. Uh, this uh, this is a phishing. Uh, um, they're just fishing and reeling you in, and this is very typical. I had a young lady the other day uh, that they, they got caught in this, and and why she did not get off that ramp after she knew it couldn't be true, I don't know. But uh, uh, the the phishing campaigns uh, is uh, and and just trying to trick you into opening up that uh, email. And continuing uh, to communicate with a hacker is is something that you have to watch. If you do not know where that email comes from, delete it. Trust me, the individual who's trying to get a hold of you will send you another one. And if you know the individual, then you can open it. And then the last thing is, uh, you know, keep your sensitive data off the cloud. I am not a cloud user. Everybody thinks clouds are your panacea of the future. Uh, Just be careful. Uh, I know that's a growing industry. It will continue to grow. But uh, cloud has, from my perspective, some some great importance as far as speed, uh, uh, keeping all the information in one location, but it also has some security risk. And I'm not sure uh, we've gone through all that. So uh, if you have sensitive data, keep it off the cloud and uh, more importantly. So let's talk about Facebook. 
you know, hackers got it, uh, got their hands on 29 million accounts last uh, month. Uh, they got into 50 million before that. I mean, Facebook's in in uh, in need of uh, a look at the security system protecting uh, big data. I, uh, the Office of Personal Management, uh, uh, who is it? Sony got hacked. Uh, people are getting hacked, so it's. It's up to us to protect our data, and how we protect that data is critical. So all the engineers, innovators, and technologists out there who are trying to counter hackers and improve our system security, we uh, users have to do our our part. And I read off about 10 important things that you have to do, and that is update your OS system, get some good password protection, understand who's writing you so they don't do any phishing campaigns against you, and then we'll move on. So let's be aware of all that, okay? So uh, in the last three minutes, let me just quickly review. Uh, I wanted to go over golf, the innovation. It's a multi-million dollar campaign uh, business. Uh, it is fascinating to me uh, that from the materials to the golf clubs to uh, the hybrid clubs uh, to just all the the tools, uh, even your, um, you know, your, um, uh, what is it, putters, your uh, pitching wedge, your uh, sand wedge, your irons, your hybrid clubs, uh, and then, of course, your woods and Big Bertha. So I would just still be careful and, and get some important uh, information uh, from uh, your local uh, country club or golf uh, uh, course uh, uh, leaders there. Uh, it's a fascinating game. I think you'll learn a lot. The technology on improving uh, uh, or tracking golf balls, uh, tracking uh, you know, your, your, through GPS or some type of uh, 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 radar matching when you go to Top Golf, that's how they match it. You hit the ball, you hit it close to the pin, it measures distance left to right, and it gives you a score if you come close after that. Uh, we also talked about hurricanes and uh, and the prediction of hurricanes and and the way uh, you know NOAA and the hurricane centers measure hurricanes. Uh, just be aware we we have to do certain things ourselves to be ready for hurricanes, and uh, and of course the the satellites are our number one instrument in technology and the satellite uh, imagery imaging has improved our radar systems have improved uh, our communication. Uh, with satellite systems have improved. We always send out a airplane to get closer in uh, better readings, tactical readings, and of course our ships and buoys are out there. And finally, we talked a little bit about security. Uh, I've talked about Facebook and the loss uh, of data. I've talked about, uh, you know, uh, Sony uh, losing uh, its data. You've got major shopping centers. Uh, I think it was, uh, um, I think it was Sears and um, uh, Target. I believe Target got hit uh, several years ago. So be be aware that information is going to be stolen, and the best way to is to protect yourself i know i go for credit cards i read my accounts daily or or by or every two days uh so that i'm aware who's charging on the credit card uh for, for your computer phishing uh folks hackers are phishing they're looking for uh 
um, a little bit of uh, letting your guard down so that they can reel you in into getting the process. So be aware of that and uh, and uh, just be careful. Uh, I, I'm going to turn it over. We've got about two minutes left. Uh, I'd like to thank Dick for uh, being here today, being an old Navy flight officer. I'm just going to turn it over to him for just a little bit, and let's see what he can uh, add to the program as we move uh, uh, closer to the end game. Dick, you got any other words to improve uh, either on golf, since you, you're a golfer, uh, hurricanes, or security? Well, I, just a few thoughts as you're going through the. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to leave golf alone. My son's the golfer. Uh, all I know is that a, a consistent swing will probably lead to more consistent results. That's the that's the whole depth of my golf knowledge right there. But oh, over to the uh, the hurricane uh, uh, issue. Uh, I do remember when I lived down in the Hampton Roads area, I was uh, quite aware of the topology and elevation, and a lot of it is quite low there. Uh, but uh, I, I did a due diligence check and found that I was actually 38 feet above sea level. Well, that factored a lot into my preparedness as to whether or not I was likely to get flooded. And it's just... Uh, Keep your head on a swivel. Uh, get as much information you can. If you are in a, a vulnerable situation, especially when it comes to the uh, storm surges that uh, Jose was talking about, if you're low, if you're down in the low levels and that hurricane is heading your way, uh, it's very smart to take the advice of the protectors and get out of the area. Uh, it's you're not going to make it if you sit if you're in 12 feet of water. You can't tread it all. Okay, Dick. Thank you very much for those insights. It's very uh, clear to us that we need to be prepared for hurricanes and, and take advisory uh, very seriously. Anyway, uh, we've got about 15 seconds. I'd like to thank our executive uh, producer, D. Daniels. Uh, of course, my executive assistant, uh, Alexandra Loreno. Uh, she's off in Europe, uh, parading through Europe, uh, Paris, uh, uh, Belgium, and so forth. Uh, have uh, a great vacation. And for my audience, thank you for listening. Uh, today, uh, we had a great time. Uh, t- today's technology uh, innovation. We talked about golf, prediction, hurricane, and, se- and the security of the internet. So, until our next show, uh, have a great day. Thank you for listening to today tomorrow's technologies. We hope you'll join your host, Jose Negron, for another exciting program next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week.